Full Service Radio. Welcome to Window Seat, live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., broadcasting on Full Service Radio. I'm one-third of your host. My name is Omari. I'm here with Christopher, <laughs> the artist, the host formerly known as Chris. Um, yeah. And we're missing James today. I don't know if he – Chris said he's playing video games. So Yeah, James did send me a text. He said, uh, we got Kanye. What does that mean? I'm, I'm thinking he's saying that Kanye now belongs to white people. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. We're provided this uh, opportunity today by the Adams Morgan Youth Leadership Academy, also known as Amila. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, today me and, me and Christopher, we're going to be talking about, um, I guess, do a season recap, right? Today is our last show of our first season on Windows Seat, yeah. full service radio. And, um, yeah, man, how was your first season? How was my first season? I, so this is really interesting. Now, I was thinking about it earlier today, um, the experience of doing this. So if you haven't been to the Line Hotel, it's a beautiful hotel. We're in the lobby right now, and anybody can look in. Um, and if you're in a room, you can hear us. And the first show, we had some amazing guests. Like, to me, they were aliens and the way that they talked. Okay. They looked like they could have been politicians. I mean... They just, they carry themselves in such a way you can ask them a question and they could run with it, right? Yeah. And luckily for them, um, they have a CBD shop, right? The first guest. Yeah, the first guest. Okay. So I don't know if they took that to help with the anxiety or if they were just much cooler than us um, for an interview. But I, I had like a nervous energy about me. Uh-huh. I think um, you had a nervous energy. I think James had a nervous energy. We were all nervous. This is our first show. Yeah, and it was almost paralyzing. It was it was like the type of nervous like you're like I don't know you you I kind of wasn't present like I would like to have been present to host a podcast. Okay. So I'm going to um, jump in and say like right it would be much easier for you to be a guest than a host. That's why they sounded more comfortable cuz if you on a show someone's interviewing you about your business then you know what to talk about. Right. If you're the host, you're the professional. It's a whole different thing. All right, that's Jack talking. Jack Jack is hey. Jack who are you, Jack? I am the founder, executive producer of Full Service Radio, this, this project, this, this radio network. And he, he's I, I also think, the guy that pushes all the buttons. And well, I think Jack is absolutely correct. But to me at the time, they were just aliens, right? Uh-huh. They're, they're the special breed of people you run into from time to time mm-hmm. that seem to be ultra present when you talk to them mm-hmm. and have the right thing to say at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you meet them... If they have the right posture, sometimes like you'll shake their hand and you'll leave the room and you're like, damn, homie should run for president. Did you but see Chris, you Christopher, you Thank met you. them <laughs> you met them before uh like shortly before the show. So did you think that before Oh no, met? no, I knew they'd I knew they'd be great. I didn't know But did you feel that way when you met them? Absolutely. The okay. first time. And first they're incredibly young too. But yeah. um I didn't know that we would be in here. Um, paralyzed. So, I, I think, I think the first show was. So, what did you think? Okay, what do you, what I think about what before you before you uh, had a guest when mm-hmm. you were first invited to do a podcast, 
what did you think it would be like doing a podcast when you would daydream about yeah i'm gonna be on wait hold on first i don't know if i was daydreaming right so i got some friends that i think are awesome Mm -hmm. for whatever reason what what okay not to do what friends do you think aren't awesome (laughs) say their names (laughs) you're not getting me in no trouble but so the thought was um you know i i take my jumps right there's things that i want to do um i want to write a movie right to do a podcast is not necessarily something I thought I wanted to do. But, um, you know, James, who's not here with us, I think he'd be outstanding at comedy. Mm-hmm. Even though James doesn't necessarily um, say much on the mic here. Yeah, you could which, count the words that James says sometimes on the Which is really interesting to me because you can see a person, right, and observe them and think they'll be perfect for something. Right. And then they get on the mic and they don't respond. And, know, it, and it doesn't necessarily mean to me that they're not perfect for that. Mm-hmm. But there, there's still a little something behind it that, that they need. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think it's that whole thing where, where people that watch comedy from home or you listen to radio shows and people say, well, I could do that. And then when you're in this situation, you're like, oh, actually, there's a lot more that goes into this. Like, yeah. I might be funny in real life, but it's hard to structure those into a joke yeah. on a stage. It's- and then you have people that may have never thought that they could do something like that. And then they're just a natural for some reason. I did not want to be the person on the mic talking. I really didn't. I I thought my role in this, um, I had another friend, Duck, initially, who was going to be on this show. Right. Duck was all for it. So Chris cannot... No, let me back. Let me just... Okay. Well, I just want to say that you brought this group of people together. Yeah, but for, for me, it wasn't necessarily to have this outstanding podcast but what was, was your plan like so it you, was to hang with my friends mm-hmm. while encouraging them to do something outside of their comfort zone because i see greatness and mm-hmm. the people i hang around with right so duck in particular my thought was he's going to hold this down he's going to do all the talking and he's fantastic mm-hmm. um and he tells me nowadays he has aspirations to run for office because trump just kicked shit wide open for him he's like fucking i'm running now but um <laughs> okay that was my thought. Have him, and then from time to time, chime in, and then let uh, James tell a joke or two, right? So you didn't want to be on a podcast, really? No, no, I wanted to be here. I didn't want to. But like it, as a producer, maybe more? Yeah, I just wanted, to, I didn't want to be the person that was... Talking. Talking. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to say three sentences. I wanted to be James. You know <laughs> with the person James yeah, is on the podcast. I wanted to be James, uh-huh. yeah. Um, you know what's funny? When I, when I chill with James, mm-hmm. um, he don't say much when we out. Like, he doesn't... He's, to me... The stuff he says is witty mm-hmm. and is short and it is funny, but he's not a conversational person. Like he's not the person when we go out that I talk to. You know, do you? I think when it's just you and James, then yeah, probably he talks so, a lot. Let me let me draw a picture. I'm black, six three, whatever, and James is white and furry. That's how I would describe <laughs> him. True. Um, I think one of my gifts um, is that at a certain level. I do allow people to be themselves, right? So when I met James, you know, he was like fishing. He would say controversial shit, and I wouldn't jump down his throat. Uh-huh. So at the time past, I, the James I came to knew to know was someone that would be fantastic for a radio show. I just don't think he's comfortable with letting the whole world see that James quite yet. So that's I know what, the, that's what I came when you to, when you told me about James and him being being on a podcast you would you said yeah he's contra- he'll say controversial shit right and he and, shuts up as soon as he gets in front of the mic well when i so i had i thought that james would say some controversial shit and would piss me off so i was really 
the first time we did a show, I was ready to jump down. Like I was ready to jump on James if he said something out of line. That was the mindset that I was not intentionally, but the the person you presented to me was somebody that I assumed would need to be checked often. So, but when I met James and chilled with James, no, he does say controversial shit, but it's not in a controversial way. Like it's funny. That's his talent. His yeah, but is, and I don't think he means it in a like he's not being offensive. He's just cracking a joke and that, and. But I've seen people respond to it and they've gotten upset. So like, yeah, and he's told us a story about a person that got upset when he said something. But the interesting thing about him, um, and in the in the arena that I met him, I met him at work, right? And we always have conversations we weren't supposed to have. Mm-hmm. He would say shit and get away with it, and then there would be other people in there, white people who try to do the same things as James. Mm-hmm. And when they did it, you were kind of mad at him. You were like, you fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Like deep down, you dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when he does it, his delivery is such that you're like, you're laughing at him, but you're like, oh, I don't think he's really racist. He's just saying some racist shit. Yeah, and I don't think, even think the things he says is racist. And I know even having a conversation with James, he clearly said like, yo, I'm not racist. And I don't think that he's racist. And I, I want to make clear that James is, isn't racist. Like, and James is a good dude. I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, says, I don't have a problem with calling James racist. And I, I hope do. he hears that. <laughs> I do. Nah, because I don't think James No, no, no. Because you got to understand, like, where, do, where does racism start? I don't even want to get into this conversation. But, like, at what level does racism start? I think racism, racism is a thing that we have to, like, work on. Not necessarily this thing that you're labeled a racist and you're bad, right? You just have some thoughts that can use some tinkering. I, don't, I love James. I tell James. I literally tell James, like, dog, I love you. But it's not... I don't, you get what I'm saying? Like, there's things about the way I think that I need to change. It's, yes. And as long as me and James are having the conversations, he can help me change those things. So, my thought with him being a racist is not, you're not, you know, super well, bad, you, could, you wanna hang niggas. No. You just have some views. Son, like, why, why are you on Trump's side? It's not, he's not on Trump's side for, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but I think that, okay, I don't know. I don't want to defend James. I wish James was here to defend himself. Yeah, let's not talk about James. Anymore. So, yeah. So, but <laughs> I, hear what, I hear what you're saying, Chris. I just know that. But me- I think the takeaway is also, like, um, you, you kind of expected it to play out one way on radio, and it didn't necessarily, like, like personalities don't always translate the way you expect them to. Absolutely. In that way. Absolutely. But I'm well, still so thankful for this experience because... Listening to me now, I sound completely different than the first show. Oh, definitely. All yeah. of everyone on the show has. Right. And that's the beauty. See, Window Seat's an interesting one because most of the other shows, it's like there's one host that does the same thing every week. With Window Seat, it was, it was a bunch of different people that were cycling in and, and nobody had done it before. So it was very interesting to see everybody that's done this, how you've all grown or not or in whatever direction from day one to now. And Jack, that's where, that's where you've been great. So like... I, you know, but as soon as we leave you, like, who would ask Jack, how is the show going? There's, like, warm-up shows, right? Right. And there's real shows. Right. And Jack would always say, yeah, it's good. This, that. He, he always had positive energy. Mm-hmm. It was to the point, Jack, that we would walk out of there and be like, I don't know if Jack liked the show or if he was fucking with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But there were times that Jack would say, y'all got to do, all you need to do, Jack, and you're right, Jack would always give us a positive response. But right. he would always give us a little nugget of something to work on. I maybe I just got an ego. I just took the positive. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So aside from well, for me, I think getting I I, I discovered something that I didn't think that uh, I would be good at. Honestly, 
Like I usually, and I think you know this about me, Chris. I thought that I was um, someone who didn't like to talk. <laughs> and I would out. say, right. And every time I would tell you that, Chris, you would say, Omar, you love to talk. <laughs> I would say, Chris, I'm shy. And you'd be like, you're not shy at all. How long have you known each other? Shit, I don't know. Long uh, time. Uh, no, no, Maybe no. 10 years. I don't know if it's that long. So, yeah, it has. Yeah. Uh, it's through your brother mostly. Right. Yeah, me and his brother played basketball together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I met you through your brother. Right, right. right. Yeah. Um, but you would say to me, yeah, that I, I didn't, I couldn't talk. And honestly, you didn't. Your first choice wasn't for me to be on the show. But it wasn't because I didn't think you could talk. Because I, I don't know if you remember. I sent you the link that's saying that they were li- looking for hosts yeah. for podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason I didn't want you on the show is I thought me and you were too similar. Right. So I wanted, I wanted different personalities uh-huh. on the show. And truth be told, when Duck folded, when Duck decided he wasn't going to be a part of the show anymore, I was shook. I was like, fuck, now I'm going to have to talk on the radio. And that wasn't my goal. Uh-huh. So I really called you as a pinch hit. I was like, fuck, Omari, yeah. come, come talk on this so yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah, to do yeah. it. And then, so when I came, when you asked me, I was like, all right, I'll do it. But I was just thinking like, I told myself I wasn't going to think too much about it because I think when I think, mm-hmm. I get in my own head. And I just, so I said, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to show up and whatever happens, happens. Right. And then I just kind of, you went from there. But I think... And see, that was the plan the whole time with season one. This, this first season, it, that, that was the plan. It was like, let's see what happens. And we did two, three test episodes that we didn't even put out. Right. Just to see what happens. So would you say, Jack, that no one really, even you didn't really know how it would... Did you have an idea how... I had a very went? vague idea. And I mean, uh, some, some additional context. So Amila is the show that is, that is make, the, the organization that's making this happen. They work with Youth and Adams Morgan. So when I talked to Nigel and with Amila, I'm like, you know, yes, we want to reach the youth, but I don't think we do that through like real buttoned up nonprofit kind of talk. Mm-hmm. So I said, don't be afraid to let people be themselves. Like it can be like a breakfast club. It can be fun because I think that's a better way to reach youth anyway. Because well, then, you know. Uh, one thing I want to say about that, because having this experience now, um, in hindsight, uh, Amila might be better sir and i I like being on this mic i'm not gonna lie to you Mm -hmm. but i think that you should be having this experience you don't think they are what do you mean having the experience because if i've grown to where i'm not paralyzed and i can't you know i can't talk on a microphone now right that has value for someone going through the program oh no question and i think that's something we'll work on separately is having programs where kids can have the same experience and and learn how to do it experience Um, is what helps you grow right so you you weren't paralyzed because you were paralyzed because you never done it before right but i'm saying the same thing so like if uh if a 13 year old comes in here and hosts his own podcast show Uh uh-huh at 17 he should be comfortable in an interview that's just the way I see it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I do think that's, that's, a, that's a great idea and something that we're definitely going to do separately. But, like, my point was, you know, you're having conversations with people about CBD or about cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is what kids need to hear. And they need to hear it in a way where it's not like you're talking about it for kids. You know? It's kind of just flipping the thing. Like, what, what is a good resource of a podcast for the youth? And I'm like, I think it's just adults talking to them like, like normal. <laughs> Jack, so my... So I messed up, and I, and I say this because I think it's important for anybody doing anything with a group of people. I messed up because I had so much energy built behind an idea that I constructed by myself. 
So if I would have done this all over again, I would have constructed the idea with my team members, right? So we all have this positive energy behind this idea, right? So because I guess what happened was when I was, when I was saying, okay, this, the, the team wants to do something completely different than me, me and Amari would have conversations and I wouldn't necessarily bring the right energy to it. So it's deflating. You don't think? You've been listening to Oprah's Super Soul You know I love Oprah. Stop. <laughs> you you know I love Oprah. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Finish what you say. I'm done. But I, I, I do think that's something I could work on. Like, I, I it just, I see value in it now. Like, well, I mean, then this is advice for anybody that really wants to start a podcast or get into broadcast media. It's like, you may want to do everything at once. You may want to, like, you have all these ideas, these concepts, like, I want it to be this, that, and the other thing. Step one is just being on a microphone. And that's why we started this the way we did. Because you don't want to have VIP guests in here and then you're freezing up because you're not even comfortable on a mic yet. So it's better to work through those things together with people that are also going through this for the first time. So then in the future, it's like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. I'm comfy in this seat. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that, um, so I was, this is a little off uh, subject, but I think it speaks to, anyway, I was reading a book. Mm-hmm. And the book was talking about how uh, we develop ideas in our head and um, we want we we expect it to work a certain way. And when it doesn't work a certain way, it irritates us. It makes There's us a feel void uncomfortable. Now. Right. The expectation was right. Filled. The expectation wasn't filled. And now you try to, to uh, control the situation that you can't really control, especially when it's involving other people. Right. And then you get upset when it's not going your way because Definitely. you have this idea in your head. And you want this idea to book because you told yourself this is how it's going to work. Boom. And then if the if it's not going the way you saw it going, you believe it's not going to work. You get uncomfortable and then you you get upset instead of what I'm learning is you can't really control life in general. And you have an idea, hopefully, of how things are going to go. You have a plan. And if something happens to throw you off course got to roll with the punches and still be okay with the way that it goes because eventually shit always works out uh, i don't know about that always <laughs> at least for me like i kind of just looking back i don't know about it working out but yeah like if you stay with something it's definitely way it's, more likely to work out and, or you're going to end up in a better place like you when it's happening or you're going through some shit like you don't feel like it's ever going to be better when you look back on a lot of, and maybe not every experience, when you look back on a lot of negative ex- or experiences you thought were negative when you were going through them, and you look back on them, a lot of times for me, I'll say, I'm glad that that happened. Yeah, it was growth. Real. It was growth. It was necessary. It helped me get out of a situation or into a position that I'm happy with, or I'm just in a better place than I was. My cousin was talking to me about, this is about relationships. Wait, wait, cousin who? Cousin Corey? We ain't saying names on the podcast. I love Corey. But no, but my, co- my, cousin, my, my cousin, Corey's uh, sister, Kiki. Okay. Um, I love Kiki probably more than Corey. Okay. <laughs> so she, we were talking about relationships and, uh, you know, I was upset over a relationship. We're not going to get into that. Christopher. Oh, let's get into that. No, we're not getting into that, Christopher. So, so I was upset over a relationship and she was telling me how um, I might be... a. You, you know, tell me you might be upset now, Omari, but think about all the relationships you've had in the past. Serious relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't each one get better than the last? And I was like, yeah, they were. Like, the relationship was better. I was better. The, the woman that I was with was better. It's a great point. So she was like, while you're going through this, if you feel like, damn, this is 
the worst thing ever. I'm never going to find anybody. What's wrong? I got to be better. Whatever. I'm losing the best thing ever. And then two years later, three years later, or however many years later, I'm in an, another relationship and it's better than all the experiences that I had negative. Yeah, you're and, sharpening and your ass. Exactly. You know yourself better. And I'm right. I know myself better and I can choose a person better, a person that fits me better. I agree with everything you said. All right. And I, well, I, it's not a. No, no. And I love Kiki, but I. I want to back up just for a moment. All right. What was your take? I'm backing all the way up. Okay, okay. Um, what was your take on the first show? The very first show? The very first show. And let me remind you because, so Amari has been hustling. He's been on this with us, me, me and James. Yeah. And he's been on this with uh, Lisa as well. Lisa and Alvin. Lisa and Alvin, mm-hmm. right. Um, so our first show was the CBD Weed Guys just down the street. Right. Well, let's not call them weed guys. Cause, no, they, they don't. Yeah. They just not weed. Yeah. They corrected me about 10 times during that show. <laughs> yeah. um, what did I think about the first show? I didn't know what to expect. I went into it without uh, really doing any research on them or what they, they do. Mm-hmm. I just thought that I'm going to ask questions about weed. I, I've smoked weed before. Or I'm interested in in learning, you know, I, I just think that, all right, so my idea was if I met these guys at a bar, I met them out somewhere, and mm-hmm. I want to get to know them, I would just ask them, just talk to them regular. And so that was my plan, not to really do too much research on them and just come in and talk to them, you know, regular. One thing I did learn about that show because- um, How did you feel about your plan in hindsight? Uh, I thought it, I don't think it was a bad plan. I thought that you it's not it's important to prepare. I don't know about um, necessarily doing too much research, but just knowing you so you can formulate a, um, a good question and have a good conversation with somebody. It's one thing to meet somebody at a bar when you're drinking and, you know, to talk about nothing. It's another thing to really pull information out of people that other people want to want to know and there's a balance too because we were just yeah. talking before the show about um no shade but like you know npr voice and the way that they do interviews and like that's them that's that lane if you're coming at it from more of a place of like oh i'm gonna I'm treat these guys like i met them at the bar in a way that can be good because the listener can say he's asking the questions i would ask right you know you're taking it the way i would take it and it's funny that you're asking about this particular episode because i remember at the time that was the best one that y'all had done and that was told, the first one I, you had done test episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, We've yeah, been okay. in here doing recordings and, and stuff, and, and that was good. And I think that remains one of the better episodes. And that's another lesson in sometimes you're as strong as your guest. No. I've never listened to that no. episode because I thought it was, I, I promise. No. I, because I thought it was the worst. I didn't want to hear my voice. <laughs> See, I, I was able to, to pull an edited clip from that show easier than I could. Uh, some of the others. Really? And it's like a lot of times in a room with people, you may feel one way and be like, oh, this is painful, blah, 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 blah. But somebody that's not in the room with you and listening, they may learn something. Like, and, and it ain't about the personalities as much as it's about I learned some shit that week. Like, there was stuff to be learned on that episode. One thing I know I pulled from that episode, and I got it a few weeks later when we were uh, talking to somebody. Um, about helping us to get better at doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. And she kept saying, making reference to talking about weed on the air, talking about smoking weed on the air. I don't know if you remember that, Chris. And it, after a while, I was like, did you, I asked her, because first I asked her if she listened to any shows. She said, yeah, I listened to like the introduction part and I couldn't hear anymore. It was terrible. 
Like, that's what she said. And then... Beautiful. <laughs> and then when she started making references to talking about smoking weed and different things, I was like, Yo, she must have listened to more than just the introduction. I asked again. She was like, yeah, I listened to most of, like, your first show, and then I couldn't hear couldn't listen anymore. And what it made me realize was the shit that we say is going to be here for fucking ever. Like, it's important to put your best foot forward and be mindful of the things that you say because you can say anything you may not really want to say anything i'm like fuck term. that I, I don't well yeah of course in certain things it's you obviously you would say fuck that but what it taught me was um i want to have the best shows every single time or at least try to because someone may go back and listen to my very first show. i remember asking jack a few shows later, can we delete the first yeah, show? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, because I'm like, I, I, I want to have my best shows out there every single but time. I promise you, whoever you're a fan of, go listen to the first thing they've done. Any TV show, radio show, go find season one, episode one. It's gonna be garbage every time. Yeah, but maybe I, not every time. Some people <laughs> have got their chops ready, but especially with TV shows, you go watch a pilot episode of a TV show, you're like, ugh, it looks weird. That's true. Like that character's not even funny. Like the shit hasn't materialized yet. That's true, but it still it feels like. So what? Here, let's let's. This is this is this is interesting. I, I like doing this. I want to know what the two of you. Um, what were you embarrassed by about that episode, and what didn't you like about that interview? Was it was it yourselves? Was it the direction of the conversation? I, I I'm gonna point the finger. What? Now I would say what I didn't like the thought of interviewing someone and just not being there, and mm. because I was nervous, I I didn't feel like I was there. Mm-hmm. I think halfway through the interview, I found myself. And so I was able to ask a decent question. Mm-hmm. And then they started coming. But the show was over. It went quick. Yeah. So I and think. Especially I, when they give long answers the way right. they did, it's like they're taking up all the airtime. And then you don't have a space to put yourself in. Absolutely. I have a lot because. <laughs> And Chris, you always tell me how negative I am. I think after every show, I'm thinking about the worst things or the things that went wrong. So, like, for me, I remember in the beginning, Jack was, uh, was it? No, not Jack. James Mm -hmm. was talking about his uh, breakup with his girl. All right. Oh, I do remember that. And he was, and him and I had a little back and forth. And he was talking about, I was like, well, you just broke up with her just like that. After two years, it was that easy. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, but did you love her? And he was like, yeah, I loved her. And I was like, does it? I really went on some what about love type <laughs> shit. And then, so I think about that like, yo, why? But, you know, anyway, so that's one thing I think about. I don't um, think any of that was bad for me. None of that but, was bad for me. That show was very listenable to, until the point to me when we started I've talking never to listened the guests. to it. I can't. Um, so all, this is all from memory. See, you can tell how I've just been. It's been in my head, but like um, there was a point where we were interviewing the guys and it felt like I was attacking them a little bit because they were saying how um, their their weed isn't real weed. So it's legal to sell in D.C. or something like that. I wish I remembered exactly what they said. Yeah, you were you were caught up on the CBD thing. Right. So they were saying and that was probably my fault because I sold it as a weed shop. So if you walk outside of this building to the Uh left and right, there's these little pop up shops that gift weed. Uh Um, 
And I'm going to stop talking there because yeah. they, were, they were clear. <laughs> they were clear that they didn't do that. Yeah, so I don't yeah, want to yeah. go any further. But, and they said that everything, they were fine talking about it. They said everything they're doing is perfectly legal. And they, you know, they were. But Omar, see, Kevin, this is what made it a good interview. This is why I like well, it. I, yeah, I don't think anybody they, else would have been like, we all understand what CBD is. and blah, blah. The fact that you were pushing. That's right. what most people think when they hear about CBD. They're like, wait a minute, but that's weed. How are you doing this shit? I, so well, I don't think that that was bad. What I think was bad was I didn't know if it was okay. I didn't feel comfortable because I wanted to go further. And then I started to look at their faces. I started to look at the faces in the room. And I was like, wait a minute. Am I going too far? Am I saying too much? Because really, I in my head, I was thinking, oh, they came up with the best hustle. They're selling legal weed. Nobody can stop them. How are you getting away with this? And I wanted to go further, but I stopped myself. And so I, I wish, so that taught me like, maybe I do need to talk to guests a little bit before the show, just so I know how far is okay to go or what question, um, how to formulate a question to get the answer I want and then make sure everybody in the room is on the same page. Like, yo, I'm about to take it here and we need to know that we're all good with this. You know what I'm saying? Just, I don't know. Maybe, again, like, these are things that I think about now. And all it speaks to, to me, is just sometimes pre- preparing I, you know, better. I don't yeah, know. I say this off air to you. Sometimes I think you just in think about it. Yeah, you're in your head Probably. too much. I mean, I, again, because I, I don't think they care cared? less if you would yeah, ask well, them. Well, y'all, y'all should have saw that. I don't know. I saw their faces, and I saw y'all faces. Like, I would say something, and y'all would look at me like, and I'm like, wait, is this not okay? Because I know Jackson say anything. So I was like. Because I was with it. I mean, like, and I don't even think anybody else is probably looking at you like okay. that. <laughs> so it's me. It could be internalized. But All I right. think the two of you, if you were doing that interview again today, you know, think about how much different it would be. I would, I would go ham. I, no, I think the, the thing I would change the most is I wouldn't want them to control the conversation so much. We asked them one question. Yeah. And they ran with it. And yeah. I'm not taking any shots at them. I, I would love for them to hear this. I think they were great. Yeah. But I, I don't think we were great at molding the conversation at all. Yeah. Well, there, see, here's another good tip for the, for the youth. Um, when they media train people, what they teach you to do is ignore the question you've been asked and answer the question you wanted to be asked. So that's what politicians do. That. That's like that shit. So if, if, if you were like, you know, what's the difference between CBD and weed? They'd be like, well, we opened our company in 2016. <laughs> and boom, like they just completely disregard. And that's, I think, they're good at their hustle because they came on and like you said, they kind of controlled the narrative. And that is the challenge of a good host. It's like, how do you reclaim that? How do you say, hold on, hold on. No, I want, I want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And I, that comes with experience and i think it builds confidence so you're more confident to say this is my show (laughs) i just asked you a question (laughs) please answer my question yeah and learning like you know polite and not aggressive ways of cutting people off when they're going on a run on answer how do you jump back in and stop them like chris was just saying like you know they took one question and ran with it for the rest of the show right so how do you stop that and that's yeah it comes with experience i think if you both interviewed them today you would you would instinctively know how to do that better yeah, today so than too. you did then i think so too are there any other takes that you me yeah from from that show experience? all the shows because i like you I, said what? i've been doing a lot of different yeah, yeah so we did we did God. cicero i know y'all did the cryptocurrency which i would have i would have loved to have been there for that yeah. one but the um cicero yeah we did cicero and i think we had a show canceled um <laughs> yeah that was me <laughs> <laughs> so any, anything from cicero show that i would do different yeah i would have spoke more I think I didn't. I didn't talk a lot. 
in Cicero's uh, show? I think, uh, yeah, I, I think I would have talked with Cicero a little bit more. Cicero's my guy. Yeah. Um, and he's going through a lot. Yeah. And what's funny is when we got out the, um, out of the interview, I gave him a ride home. Yeah. And the stuff we were talking about in the car was like so much better than stuff we were talking about in the interview. Mm, and that, that'll happen. And, and I'm like, why the fuck? None of this ever came out. But I think, I think he was honestly comfortable, but somehow I feel like we missed the mark a little bit. I think at the very end, he said something that anyone can hear and use, right? He went in a spill like, you know, do it now. Like, take your dreams. They're only like an arm reach away. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, um, we didn't hit the mark. And, and when I thought about that interview, I was like, man, maybe I'll ask too many questions where a yes or no answer was good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing I would take doing this. Try to stay away from yes, yes or no, no answers. No, yes or no questions. Yes or no questions yeah, right. because I can ask the same question a different way and, you know, give them much more to talk about. And there's always a warm-up period. So to get to that good stuff that you're talking about, that stuff you talk about in the car ride on the way home, it takes a minute, even if you know the person for a long time, to warm up to that point. Where then you're breaking through those basic walls and not doing basic Q&A shit and then you're getting into some good conversation. I think the skill that you learn to develop is how to quickly get the other stuff out of the way to get to the good stuff sooner. You know what I mean? I, uh, one thing I started doing was listening differently to radio shows or podcasts. So I would listen before for entertainment purposes and I think now I listen more to entertainment as well but more to uh, understand how they're interviewing or how they're getting um the exciting the entertaining parts of the show out like how they're presenting it and what i even on tv i think they do this when they're like teasing something coming up next right so you listen to a radio station and maybe they're giving away tickets and it'll be like after four songs so you're gonna listen because you want those tickets or if somebody's interviewing somebody they'll talk in the beginning of the show they'll say this is who we're interviewing um you know, they may come back later and say, we're going to be talking about this, um, I don't know, salacious topic that just happened in the news or whatever with the person that they're interviewing. And then when the interview comes on, they don't jump right into it. Right. They make you wait. They yeah. make you wait because they want you to hear the whole thing. So instead of if, if somebody if we're interviewing somebody, we're interviewing Cicero. Right. And if Cicero um, just signed a new deal or whatever. Right. I wouldn't say that in the beginning. I would say Cicero has an interesting, oh, has an ex- some exciting news. So it could be anything. So this happens all the time because this is where I think um, me and you are getting better. Yeah. Is uh, we always have different points of view of things. Um, I think. Well, I wasn't. I was using Cicero as an example. I wasn't saying like. I don't know sh- what, what, what Jack said before you start talking when he was talking about uh, developing a skill of getting to the interesting stuff faster, um, or not getting to it fast. I think you said that. I think Jack says said that when when as we get comfortable on this mic, uh-huh. as we go through this process more, uh-huh. we'll develop the skill that we don't spend fifteen times talking about the boring shit. Because <laughs> but we that's know how so to, right. This it's, was it's our not, argument because it's not necessarily talking about the boring shit. But I, I'm saying we learn how to open up the guest a little bit more. And it's a, it's a balance. It's both things. You're both right. And what I'm saying is, is, is you can treat an interview one way. You can say, we're going to talk to Cicero about uh, how he started making music and what his music is like. That's not a whole show. You want to get that out of the way in the beginning. 
right? Two, two minutes. Yeah, exactly. And then you're going to talk about, because no one wants to sit and listen for 30, 40 minutes about somebody's whole story. If, if, if A, it's not captivating, you know, it is captivating. That's not saying Cicero is not captivating. I think you hear what I'm saying. It's like getting the pleasantries and the intros done quick. Yeah, so... And then you move on to deeper conversation. When we came here today, that's what I was saying. I think when we have a show, we have to set the stage. We have to tell the viewer why they, why yep. they are here within the first five minutes, right? right? We don't have to say it directly. No. We can just... It's like, yeah, you got to like, tell them why they're here, but then don't give it to them. No, no, no. You don't even have to tell... What I'm, what I'm saying is you can say... Uh, it's kind of hard to put in words. I'm thinking about the Superman movie, right? Um, Which one? The, the last one. The bad one? With, with no, like bat, two, Superman two bands ago. The first Superman movie that recently came out. And I'm, I, no, no. The, the reason I'm jumping back to this is okay. because if you think about how much they went through in like the first five minutes, five, ten minutes, of, he, was on, he was in kryptonite. He was being born. Right, right, right. His right. parents put all this stuff into him. Yep. Right, right. That's kind of what we have to develop to me when, I, right. when I think of setting the stage for a show. Right. We have to give them a lot bef- so we can just jump right into the interesting stuff. So, so sometimes I don't want to ask him a question. I'd rather tell him, tell the audience about our background. Yeah. Because yeah. I can control that. I agree. So but, thinking, but you're not watching Superman to see that he came from Krypton. You're watching Superman to see whose ass he's going to kick at the end of the movie. You wouldn't have him born in, on Krypton and then kicking the person's ass and then say, watch the rest of the movie. That's not why you're watching Superman, though. Why are you watching Superman? I mean, really, you know what's going to no, no, happen no, no, no. in Superman. That's, you're watching Superman. There was a certain point in the movie when we discovered why we watching Superman. I think we watched Superman to watch him be comfortable with himself, right? And then at a... <sighs> No, that's this is Oprah shit again. No, no, it's not. It's not Oprah shit. There's like there's a quarter of the movie that goes by, uh-huh. and in that quarter of the movie, you know, in most movies, why you're watching that. Right. By, you, watch, by, you watch the internal struggle of Superman no, leading no, no, up I'm, to the I'm, ass kicking. What I'm saying is right. That like that's how I. What I'm no, saying. No, no, is, no, no. You're we, missing my point, though. All right, go ahead. You're missing my point. They're out outside of certain movies. Outside of maybe Forrest Gump. I saw this uh, Florida Project. Most movies, you understand the main character's mission by a quarter, by, you know, by one-fourth of the movie it's gone through. Okay. So it, it's not necessarily, to, I think kicking whoever's ass was a part of your entertainment. But really that movie, you saw that he was uncomfortable with letting the world know who he was. You saw his father was like, you know, at a certain time, he was, you knew why you were in there. Mm-hmm. Through the first 25 minutes. I think that's what we have to establish here when we do a show. 45 minutes is really, really short. Yeah. So I don't want to sit no, and talk about all right. dumb shit. No, of well, course to bring it back want... to the CBD thing real quick, because I think it's a good analogy, right? You, in the first five minutes of that show, could have introduced them, what they do, what the business is, where it is, and then, boom, you're talking about something else the rest of the show. Exactly. Instead of 45 minutes on who they are and what they do. That's what I'm learning. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the origin story you're talking about with Superman, where it's like, okay, in the first five minutes, you're going to know, hey, we got these guys here. They started the CBD store. This is what CBD is. This is who they are. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What we want to talk to you today about is, and right. then it's whatever. It's what, you know, and maybe to Amari's point, you say, and, and, you know, stay tuned because we are going to grill them. Jack, you got to pick a side from now on, man. <laughs> no, no, because I, what I was going to say before Jack, he finished. No, but, Jack, but we're saying, both of us feel good. Y'all saying, the same, y'all saying the same thing, though. Yes, we're thing. saying the same You're thing. You're saying the same thing. Pick a side. No, 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 no. We are, we are saying the same thing. We're right. He's right. So right. I, I, I feel like we're up on our time, but I'm curious, Jack, do you, do you yeah, I mean, this is an experience for you, too, being in this hotel, yeah. listening to shows on end. 
Are you learning anything here? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm learning tons. Uh, I'm learning tons about the way certain people take feedback and um, use it. And, you know, you got you got to you got to basically deal with everybody differently. Um, and, and, and my job really is to make everybody feel comfortable, which is probably why you like pick a side. But it's like that, that's my job to empower everybody to be the best version of themselves. And with 32 shows a week, you got a lot of different personalities. People come in from way different wakes of life and all, all different kinds of things. So for me, it's, it's learning more of that. Like, you know, I might be a certain way. I'm from a certain, you know, I grew up a certain way, so I'll relate to some people better than others. But it's like, you got to talk to the librarians and make them feel just as good when they're doing the DC Public Library show. And that might be a different experience. Um, and, you know, it's like seeing who really steps up and who wants it. And, and I've been happy so far with, like, everybody involved in the project like everyone really seems to want to get better that's the best you could ask for that's good yeah i, th- I think this is um a welcome space in washington dc i think this hotel is beautiful and um no it really is um well, and i'm i'm appreciative for nigel and amila yes thank for, you. for having this so i've grown a lot being here i know you feel the same way and Hell i would imagine yeah. James, I mean, James feels the same way, even though James is not here. And I want to bring back to James just for two seconds mm-hmm. because I've told you this off air. I like James sitting here being quiet sometimes because I think there's a power in being able to sit in front of the mic and feel pressure to speak. Mm-hmm. And you can look at the conversation and say, oh, it's going good. I don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. Because when we yeah, run out of yeah. ideas, he's still there to contribute. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't feel the need to like, I don't know. So I appreciate James and, you know, everyone that's been here and been a part of the show. And I think this episode actually was really important. I think it's a good episode. Um, you know, I, I hope people find this. And, and the, you know, the beautiful thing about this is the more listeners you get over time, they will go back and check that back catalog. And, you know, that's and we, just what it is. deleting everything. We're going to find I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find a picture of Jack doing some shit he ain't supposed <laughs> to do. And I'm going to use it against him to, get, to delete all the episodes. And we could always delete something if it's that bad for Wait, you. so, guys, and I, I've gotten a habit of doing this uh, the last few shows, so I'm going to challenge all of you all of us to say something positive give a good word to the youth i just this said is, like 18 i want to say it again repeat it we, this is uh, uh we're broadcasting full service radio live from the line hotel this is window seat um adams morgan youth leadership academy wait are, so are we saying something positive yeah or let me let me finish my okay. little thing so our adams morgan youth leadership academy has given us this opportunity mm-hmm. and uh with the goal of inspiring youth so uh, let's give a good word for our final uh, show of this first season. So who wants to go first? I'll, I'll say something that's really quick. I mean, you've heard how nervous we were in the beginning of the show. Um, and what I think from this experience, you know, me and Amari have talked offline, and he told me something else that he wants to do. I'm not going to say it here. Mm-hmm. But um, I think this show was a part of him coming out of his cocoon. So um, you have to jump. And you have to be comfortable with falling flat on your face. And after a while, I, I imagine you'll get good at it. It's, I've been in IT for years, for years. And I remember going through my first class and listening to, like, the language of IT. Like, I found, I was like, what the fuck are they talking about, right? And now that shit is so easy to me. But I think that takes being there. So I would encourage anybody young that wants to do anything to get there 
and just be there and be comfortable with failing or succeeding. You know, have a vision, but be comfortable failing and coming back and doing it again. Yeah, I always say something really similar. I was going to say practice makes perfect because that's really all it is. Get your reps up. It's like shoot the free throws, then you'll make more free throws. That's just basically what it comes down to. And uh, something I always say, real, real recognize real, man. You have to be yourself, especially if you're going to be in media, if you're going to be doing something like this. You can't come in trying to be some character that you're not. You have to be yourself. And don't worry about who likes it, who doesn't, because real recognize real. And that's like what I respond to. That's what most producers are going to respond to. It's like, oh, that's, that's really them. That's who they are. And then, boom, you know, be true to yourself. Well, I'm going to say that um, for me, at, like I said before, like I didn't believe that I would be, um, that this was me, right? I thought that I was shy. I thought I didn't like to talk. And uh, I just didn't believe that this would be something that I could do or be good at and i think that from doing this i've gained confidence doing other things or the the, and maybe not the desire but i believe more that i can do other things and it'd be okay to do it and fail because there's a chance i could do it and be successful or or find discover a talent that i didn't know that i had so my advice uh would be to believe anything that it is that you want to do just believe that you can do it and because you never know, maybe you can. So I would say if you want to do something, whatever it is, just believe it and, and go for it. Power of intention, man. Yeah, yeah. That's what they say. Oh, be intentional. I was thinking about getting that tattoo. But I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's for y'all. Thank you, thank you. Successful thank you. first season. Even if, you, even, if, even if you don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it's a stepping stone, right? Got to start somewhere. Yes, yes. All right, guys. That's our show. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.